We're glad you've joined us today on the Christian Ministries Church podcast. We believe you'll hear a message that will minister to you and encourage you in your walk with Christ. Let's listen now to the message. I am going to jump right into it and go. Um, we, we looked at a scripture verse uh, yesterday, and I want to turn to that one more time. Uh, my assignment from last night to today was understanding the mission. We, we, as believers, have to understand our mission. Amen? Come on. And so we have one. You, God, there is no waste in God. There's no waste in God. If you're here, you're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. Come on, everybody say purpose. And the purpose isn't to think only. The purpose isn't to pontificate the vastness and greatness and complexities of, I appreciate that. But if your contemplation doesn't cause you to do something, and that's, that's really, I would say, where our 30 and under crowd live, they're so exhausted by life and all they've do- done is thought. They're thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about the ramifications and thinking about this and thinking about that and thinking about this. And then you, you listen to people 30 and under, they sigh more than anybody. (sighs) 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 And I'm like, man, you just work out. (laughs) No, I've been thinking. It's like, it's like they dig a hole and they dig a hole and they dig a hole and they dig a hole. And they feel like their work is the digging when we all have to think. Actually, the thinking should then produce an action. And we should be then begin to do something. Come on. And so everybody under 30, I just want you to know, um, at the end of all your thinking, you still haven't done anything. Thinking about cleaning your room is not really cleaning your room. Thinking about getting a job is not really getting a job. Thinking about dating isn't really dating. I'm, I'm just, that's, this, that's the reality. But we're exhausted and overwhelmed by all the thoughts. But the Bible says we have to take captive, come on, our thoughts. And we only need to think about what we're going to use. What we're going to use. So there's things that we discard. Um, Matthew 28, verse 18 and 20 says this. And Jesus came to them and said... All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. You go, therefore, and make, everybody say make, come on. Disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe. Observe. You need to know how to see it. In other words, what you see, you may not have context in. Just because you see it, doesn't mean you understand it. We, we can see that practically. You can be in a car as a passenger riding shotgun, come on, listen, for um, uh, 15 years. But then all of a sudden when you start driving, <laughs> you, you, the brakes and the foot and, the, and, the, and, you, and you're like, you, you've been observing, but then there is a whole other realm of learning when you actually get into the driver's seat And you realize, I am the salt and light of the world. 
I'm doing some driving. The Holy Spirit has empowered me. There's a destiny and destination. Does that make sense? Okay? And God is saying, I am sending you, sending you, sending you to do what? All that I've commanded. Well, that's the hard part. That's the hard part. Let's just breathe a little bit on this. I don't want to run fast. Your ability to provide revelation to people is based on your submission, not on your information. If you've never submitted and come under a command of God, it's time for you to stop that. Don't smoke again. It's time for you not to, don't put another drip of alcohol to your lips. Turn off that television and that kind of show, it brought division into your home. Don't, if we're not coming under any of the commands of God, then we have no authority because we're not under authority. That's what it's saying. you got to teach them to observe. In other words, hey, this is where my life was going. But then I submitted. Even though I didn't totally understand, I submitted because I knew the will of God told me to submit. And then when I submitted, man, here's what happened in my life. And I need you to observe that. I need to teach you about that. I have a testimony and I want to share it to you. Share it with you. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The mission for us is you have to transform from, you have to, you have to transition from death to life. You have to transform your mind. And the third one that we're going to talk about today is you have to teach others. Well, I'm kind of insecure, Pastor, and I just, I, teaching's not my gift. Anybody can talk. Even if you sign language. There is this ability to communicate that we're not asking you to stand before hundreds and thousands and whatever. We're asking you to go get coffee and a donut. We've made it so big that we feel like now our context isn't their context and we devalue what God's given us because we can't do what they do. Well, the truth is, what can you do? God has given seed to the sower. And so the reality is many people are frustrated by the purpose because they feel like there's something in them, but you've got to sow in order to grow. You've got to begin to give what God has given you, and you've got to do it. Come on, listen, today, today, make that phone call. Call someone and say, hey, in two weeks, I, wanna, I, I don't know, I, I was praying for you, and I feel like I need to share my testimony with you. Immediately. We, we tend to make following God so complex when actuality, when, when, when really it's simple. It's simple. Now, I'm not saying simple is easy. Come on, amen? Come on, simple's not easy. You, you, you don't have to be long, uh, alive long enough to know that simplicity takes work. The Bible teaches us that it is the simple things that confound the what? The wise. So now we have worlds of people with four or five PhDs and doctorates and we have all of these intellectual thinkers and people who know like vocabulary and we have all of these people that, well, you're like, I, they talk like they're writing a contract. You have no idea what they're saying. Anybody ever, everybody ever had to sign a contract and you're like, and begins in the four and four and the two and one and Do you want the vehicle? <laughs> Will you pay for it? 
you understand we're coming to get it if you don't pay for it. Yes! Like, listen, and therefore to now, to the sergeant, that's how the world talks. And we're all like, ooh, fancy. Ooh, you must be smart. You know something. I'm like, after all of those words, what did we say? We know simple is, I mean, it's, I'm sorry, simple's not sexy. It's not impressive. Until you can do it. Spending less than you make is simple. Not saying everything that you feel is simple. Eating only what you need is simple. There are a lot of simple things in life. And understanding that God has to be first is simple. And we have to understand that this is where all blessings, come on, flow from. Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 through 34. Therefore do not be anxious. Come on everybody say anxious. On what you should eat and drink and wear. For the Gentiles seek after these things. Well who were the Gentiles? The Gentiles were people of no Jewish heritage. They worshipped other gods. They often were hostile towards Israel. Okay? This is how they think. What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? <laughs> they didn't have a God. They didn't come under the will of God. They didn't have stories of God's provision. Come on. And so it was just them. The Gentiles seek after these things. And your heavenly father knows what you need. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. In other words, here's the thing. When you begin to put God first, order comes into your life and God will always bless order. When God is an honorable mention in your life and he is a part of your life and you use God for morality or you use God for a a moral thing or, you know, I want to come to church because I I, I don't want I don't want my kids to cuss. I don't want them to have sex outside of marriage. I don't want them to whatever. And that's kind of why I'm going, because they need a positive moral environment in this world that's gone to, you know what, in a handbasket. I mean, I mean that so that no, 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 you're missing it. God has to be first. Okay. therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. You know, every day has a little bit of trouble. Trouble. And if you're not careful, life's trouble will shake the priorities in your life. For us to teach others, we have to realign our priorities. And they always have to be realigned. Come on. There are times when, you know what, my marriage is not as strong as it needs to be. Or, you know what, my finances aren't right, locked in like they're not. You know what, we've been, and there have been countless times in 20 years of our marriage that we said, okay, we're putting up the debit cards and we'll put them up for like a month, two months, six months. Because we haven't, we've got out of the rhythm. And so there are things that you've got to, you know what, when I pray, and just small little barometers, when I pray for the meal, is it religion? When I, when I worship, do I stand up because that's what we do or do I engage? Paul said, I wish that all men would lift heavy hands. Are we singing? Are we, are we giving? Are we making a deposit or are we attending? And all throughout church culture, you will have to adjust and live with a burden, a calling of God on your life for you and for the other people that God puts you in, around. 
It's crazy how much teaching and preaching and TV and YouTube and books, we are oversaturated by wisdom and knowledge and thoughts and concepts. Everything is teaching. And here's the issue, is that we're coming to church and we think the parameter of getting the Holy Spirit inside of you is by having an entertaining speaker. Well, if you keep my interest, keep your own interest. People are going to hell. People are like, 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 keep your own interest. Slap yourself in the face. Stand up. Stop falling asleep. You act like we don't see you. We see you. You're wondering why you're here and I'm wondering why you're here. And so someone who's lost thinking, you know what? I've tried homosexuality. I slept with everyone in my dog. I, I've tried to change everything. I cut everything off, changed everything. I'm going to go to church and they see you sleeping and they're like, well, this doesn't work either. Come on. Who's discipling you? The PGA golf tour. I don't know four Bible verses, but I'll tell you what, in the last 30 years, I can tell you everyone who won the Masters. I'm excited about the NBA, but um, my wife wants me to go to church again. We're real spiritual. We went three times this week. We're just that kind of family. We're going to be in church. I'm telling you. Hell or high water, we're going to be in church. But it's the life-giving message of Jesus moving through you. Come on, come on, come on. You hear what I'm saying? What's disciple? Is TikTok and social media? Come on, you're, we're, we're scrolling, we're scrolling. Well, add that up. Go, I would just challenge you, look on your phone and see screen time and see how many hours you're in that versus... Praying, reading the Bible, having, I mean, and listen, I'm not talking about being like, like overly like, oh my gosh, if I don't do everything in the Bible, I'm just saying, here's the point. The point is we're oversaturated by worldly concepts. That's why we're confused when someone says something that doesn't agree. Come on. And so when the pastor begins to challenge culture, we're like, stop it. You don't understand. I have friends that are homosexual that are nicer than some Christians. And we're convoluted because we've been discipled by other avenues. And we're not saying, listen, that we should not walk in love. Love covers a multitude of sin. If we're not starting with love, then you're not going to be heard. If you're starting truth without love cripples people. Love covers a multitude of sin. Truth sets them free. The anointing breaks the yokes. You need all three. You need love, truth, and anointing. Love, truth, and anointing. Love, truth, and anointing. Love, truth, and anointing. That's the recipe. But there is no anointing if there's no moment in your life where the oil can be poured on you. (laughs) To overcome false ideology, we have to recognize that something is being taught All the time. We were created to learn. We were created to receive information. 
Our world teaches that faith in Jesus is optional. It's reduced his, his authority to ordinary. In church, come on, listen, we need God. We need God in government. We need God in courthouses. We need God in, in, in but, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. Now the church is like, well, I don't know if I want to run for city council. I don't know if I want to run for JP. I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know. I want everything to change, but I don't know if that, that's my calling. Come on, it should be a little uncomfortable. You're the ones that want to create a culture. We don't want to experience a culture. We want to create a culture. We want to hear well done, good and faithful servants. Come on. We want to be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We want to be Daniel. We want to be Esther. We want to be these people that step into darkness and go click. Fear is what holds us back. Our world uses fear so that we will not act. Fear is a powerful force. Because, but I just need you to know it's not more powerful than the love of God, the truth, and the anointing. Fear produces distance. Whatever you're scared of, you move away from. It raises the levels of intensity it causes us to lash out rather than lean in. It triggers our defenses, which really lead us to inaction. And the church has a defensive posture right now. Don't come after our marriages. Stop. You're being mean. Don't come after our daughters. Don't come after our son. You step on my property, my God. I'm telling you. But there's no forward advancement. Advancement. That's the thing. Come on. It's the advancement part. Come on, let's look again at these six priorities. They're going to put them up there. Okay? God, family, church, neighbor, nation, world. Priorities of a thriving nation. This is how we thrive. We begin to get it right. We begin to check it. We begin to, God begins to move in our life. Okay. First John chapter 4, 18 and 21. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. For the fear has to do with punishment. Whoever fears has not been perfected in love. 19. For we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a what? For he does not love his brother whom he has seen and cannot love God who is not seen. This is the commandment that we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brothers. The world is trying to teach us what love is. I don't need an artist. I don't need a painter. I don't need a sports figure to teach me about love. Hear what I'm saying? I think it was already said, but we have forgotten the fruits of the Spirit and we think nice is now one of them. We, don't raise your kids to be nice. Don't tell them be nice. Tell them to be kind. Tell them to walk in the Spirit. Tell them, tell, tell them, but nice is subjective based on who has the loudest passion. Don't teach them that. 
We need Daniels and Davids. We need people. Listen, for us, we can't be moved by fear. And so let's talk about it. Fear that we won't be safe. Fear that injustice will stay skewed. Fear that we'll go to jail. Fear that society will misjudge our intentions. Fear that we are being told the wrong information from either the White House or me. Fear, 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 fear. And we're going to have to have faith. Come on, y'all, not with me. I promise you, your wife did not text me. Your husband did not text me about you. Your kids didn't write. The reason we're all convicted is because we're all going, okay. The responsibility is not out there. It's right here. It's right here. That's the goal of church is that we should take things from theoretical to missional. You should leave with weight and responsibility. You need to be in a, a, a place like Christian ministries where you can be known. Come on, I was watching people eating donuts, laughing. You can be known. You can be loved unconditionally and you can be challenged. Challenged. Those are all biblical. Not, hey, we know you're trying. We know it. Listen, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of women out there. We get it. It's okay. A lot of, and we, hey, listen, who am I? <laughs> hey. God is first place. And when his placement comes, there is blessing. But here's the concept for us to have, do you mind putting that up one more time? For us to have order, you've got to teach. You've got to teach grandpas. You've got to teach what good is baiting a hook if they're going to go to hell. Everything needs to be a sermon. See this hook, see this bait, we're going to catch a fish. That's exactly what Satan wants to do with you. When we pull that, when we pull that fish in, in just a second, you're just flopping, 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 and then we're going to take that. We're going to have to rip that out. That's exactly that's exactly what happens in our spiritual life. Come on, when we're hunting, we're just not hunting. I'm going to teach my kid to be a man, a man that's going to die and go to hell. Well, he just needs to know how to hunt. Yes. Wonderful! The enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. And just like we're hunting this deer, he's hunting you. And I'm telling you, when you get lying and stealing and cheating and you're on that little thing and you're watching porn and you're thinking nobody knows, he has got you right in the sights. We're not teaching! That's for the church. That's, that's theology. That's for the pastor. You got to teach. Come on, think about this. We got to begin to close the gap. And the way we close the gap to the world is we teach. Think about the prodigal son. The father closed the gap when the son was coming. He ran and, and men in that day didn't run. There was dignity. They didn't expose their legs. He closed the gap. Are we closing the gap on people? I said this yesterday. Jesus ministered to the Samaritans. Samaritans were mixed breeds. 
they were part Jewish, part something else. The Romans, a Roman guard, like it was law that they could make any Jew carry their weapon or satchel or bag and it didn't matter what they were doing. They had to stop then and carry all of it and carry it a mile. You're in your wedding, I don't care. You're about to make this living, I don't care. And if you didn't, they'd kill you. And Jesus was like, hey, they make you walk a mile. Walk two. All Jewish people hated Rome. Come on. This is why we teach. And it takes a process. You, you got to teach, then you got to stay teachable. You got to apply it. You got to contextualize it. You got to put it in what has God done in your life. Then you got to prepare it for delivery. You got to teach it. You got to face acceptance and rejection of it. You got to begin to impart it into the culture because everything is teaching. And so God set up an order and thresholds. Will you put up that next slide, please? Because here's what's happening in our society is when, when we look at the cycle, go ahead and put up that next uh, cycle. I'm so sorry. Uh, they're like, what do you want us to do? <laughs> there is a cause and effect and God has thresholds that he has set up in his word to help remind you, hey, you're going the wrong way. When you reject God, you get death. When you're rebellious in the family, you get the rod. When you cannot submit in church, you get removed. When you are not walking in love, there is strife. The Bible tells us that when a nation rebels, they get the sword. And then what happens is the world is in chaos. God has set up thresholds for us in His loving kindness. I'm trying to get you back on track. Come on, give Him a hand. Come on. This is what we need. Chaos. Chaos. I would say when you don't know that there are two genders, we're in chaos. What do you call that? When the government thinks that they can do a better job with your children than you can... So you can decide how you want it. Come on, but me and my house, as imperfect as we are, as repenting as we have to do, come on, moments. We've had to have moments around the living room where kids are crying and we're crying and we're like, I'm sorry you felt that way. I, didn't, I, didn't, I never knew I'm pushing too hard. I'm sorry. Like real conversations because I don't want this. I don't want that. I know what that will produce. Everybody is teaching. Albert Sidney Herelong Jr. was an American politician from Florida who served in the United States, uh, United States House of Representatives and was a member of the Democrat Party. On January the 10th, 1963, he read into the congressional record, he wanted it on record, the list of 45 goals of communism for America. If you read this now 60 years later, it's incredibly insightful and alarming 
what has happened in the last three decades. Communism and Christianity are incompatible. Hear what I'm saying to you. Communism communism leaves out God in Christ. It is admittedly secularist and materialistic. Come on. The official policy of the Communist Party is atheism. For communists, there is no divine government, no absolutes, no no moral order, no fixed variables, no immutable principles, no laws. Vladimir Lenin said this, that we must be ready to employ trickery, deceit, law-breaking, and withhold and conceal any type of truth. These are the 45. I I would encourage you to look at them. I'm only going to pull out a few. 15. Capture one or both political parties. 17. Get into schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum. Get control of the teachers' associations and put the party line in the textbooks. 25. Break down the cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, TV, and radio. 27. Infiltrate the churches and replace... Um, revealed uh, religion with social religion. Discredit the Bible. Emphasize the need for intellectual maturity, which does not need a religious crutch. 28. I'm just... Eliminate prayer or any phase of religious expression in schools on the grounds that it violates the principle of the separation of church and state. We could go on and on and on. If you are thinking that this that we're experiencing is not an agenda that's being taught, then you're naive. This is why the church has got to teach. This is why men have to leave Bible studies. This is why women have to get together. This is why we need to stop having a text thread about how terrible our husband is. And we have to start having a text thread about the life and love of God. And begin to pray for kids. And begin to bring them over to my house. Let me pray for your young person. Let me teach. Let me do. We've got to start teaching. Come on, everybody say teach. We're not teaching. And the 2,000 pastors that are teaching are not enough to really make a ripple. We need you. We need you to lead Bible studies in your business. We need you. And well, what if nobody comes? What if nobody comes for a year and then all of a sudden one person comes? Stop bringing worldly metrics into a heavenly mission. Your validation isn't on who attends. It's your willingness to be obedient. You got a truck with five seats, fill them up. You got a house with two extra bedrooms that's nobody nobody's in. How bad do you want to see America changed? That's, that, I told him, ask you, how bad do you want to see revival happen? My point is, I'm not trying to alarm you and scare you or frustrate you. I'm, I'm just simply saying that from 1928 to 1945, 69% believed in 
believed that the Bible was the inspired word of God. From 1970 to 1984, 40% the Bible was the inspired word of God. And today, 20%, one out of five, believe the Bible is the inspired word of God. And this is an exact, come on, here's the note. Are we teaching or are we not teaching? Have we been naive and said, teaching's for the pastor? Well, absolutely, I'm not against that. Uh, I believe that, that God has oracles, the Bible says. And they begin to teach and do. But just, you need to take the last 12 sermons that Ashley's preached and go preach them to other people and break them down. And if you can't hold everybody for 45 minutes, use one point. Just use one point and just say, this is what affected me. I was in church Sunday, and I'm telling you, every time I'm in church, I grow, I'm challenged. God, I'm going to tell you one point that they told me. Oh, how are they hearing that the church is useful if we never talk about the church, but we talk about attendance? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I go up the road. Well, what's that like? Oh, it's pretty fun. They give donuts and kolaches. They got a great coffee bar, I'm telling you that right now. You go to church for donut kolaches and coffee? No, no. We go to church. That's right here. Tip of my tongue. Truth doesn't come from how we feel or what we think from a political party. Truth comes from the Lord. And so my pastor, he is a great man of God. And uh, there was no way, there was absolutely no way that I could rebuild all that. I'm not a builder. And uh, there was no way to go bigger. And so what I thought is, I would just, I would go a little smaller. And so... And so here's what I want you to know. <laughs> you you got to have a plumb line. <laughs> and, and the reason I want to teach you this is because I, I, I think the Bible taught us about the speck in the log. And if we're not careful, we'll look at that big old... Hear what I'm saying? Listen, listen. If you're not careful, you'll make everything happen in the world big and everything happen in your own home small. And God is saying, listen, this that you see in the world, it is on shaky ground. It is terrible. It is, it will not, it will never work. It will never work. But here's the problem. The only way to fix that is to fix What's in me? Come on, you hear what I'm saying? (laughs) It's a direct replica, isn't it? (laughs) And so I think this. If I, 
which I'm not God, and you need to thank God I'm not. Because a lot of y'all zip. <laughs> so I'm... Me too, me too. I'd have zipped myself. But which do you think God in heaven is going, which is the bigger problem? Is it the world or is it the church? Is it the world or, or is it the church? And I think everything that we're seeing is a ripple, ripple and an echo because the church has gotten used to sitting and not serving. We've chased content and not transformation. We've let other people lead and we will never lead. We've won our pastor or our program or our church outreach to engage culture, but we don't want to engage culture. And that is the mission. Come on, does that make sense? Y'all give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.